Hi, welcome back to the Christian Producers Podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who got in touch about the first episode. Um, I've had some really encouraging feedback. Uh, it sounds like people have found it interesting and insightful, so that's really good to hear. Um, uh, one person said it was like geeky brotherly banter, um, and that is certainly also the case with this episode with Johnny Bird. Um, despite the banter, I'm a huge fan of Johnny's work. Um, I particularly love uh, the production he did on Josh Gorton's album. Um, he's been smashing it with his band Bright City for years, um, working with Martin Smith as well. Um, and he's quite often behind the scenes of um, a lot of the big um, worship albums or like whenever a, a festival in the UK uh, brings out an album, he's quite often at the helm of uh, of those. So really influential person in UK worship at the moment as well. Um, uh, the other thing to say, um, he's brought out some drum samples since we did this interview. Um, he hasn't asked me to do this. He's not a sponsor or anything like that. Um, but um, I've downloaded these and I've just really been enjoying using them. Um, so if you search drum, drum sample shop on Google, um, on social media, it's a collaboration between him and a friend in America. And um, as I say, I've been using them lots. I particularly love the snare samples. Uh, they're just huge and really good work. Uh, and then the only other thing, I, I'm so new to this and I completely forgot to say goodbye at the end of the podcast. So a slight abrupt ending, uh, but not the end of the world. Hey, um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Johnny Bird. <laughs> How are you? Hello. I'm doing good. I, I realise I look a bit like you know that thumb head meme from like a few years ago. I've, I'm very. I usually con- wear a hat, but today you got my thumb head. So uh, congratulations. I'm very conscious of this like sweat thing going on here, but uh, it's it's hot. Is it? Oh is yeah, it's hot down there. Well, because I'm in the attic, it's like absolutely boiling. Right. <laughs> I need to get one of those um, Dyson fan things. Yeah, because they got no noise. <laughs> We're not we're not used to it up here. It's like Costa del Salford right now. It's um <laughs> it's not okay. But uh, that's cool. Um cool. It's good to chat. Um so I wanted to start off just asking, um, like how did you get involved in music to start with? What what got you interested? Uh yeah. Um so my my dad was in a band in the eighties. Oh. And um so they were they wanted to be tears for fears <laughs> um so yeah dad kind of he played bass and was the lead singer and they they had a like kind of bit of success like they did like a few radio one sessions and had, so he had like a bit of experience and but then they all had to get real jobs so now he's a solicitor and they all became like a flight engineering like yeah all got proper jobs right. but dad always had like uh did music for a hobby so he had a home studio and then there was just like guitars and basses always lying around so right. i remember and he would always play me his music from the 80s and I, I remember like trying to record my own versions of it on like the cassette tape just with a little microphone like singing along yeah, yeah. um so yeah kind of that's how i got into music and I remember the the soundtracks of Family Holidays were like Steely Dan and Michael McDonald and oh, cool. <laughs> Toto and so I kind of like grew up on all that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that, and then that, that's really interesting. When I go, go on, go on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so pro talk. No, go for it. Um, no, it's interesting because I I feel like a lot of your particularly with Bright City, I guess, but like the, the knowledge and the the kind of role that you have of guitars and synthesizers together is quite quite unique, I think. Quite, yeah, I really like appreciate that about the the stuff that you put out. Um, I guess does that come from that that kind of upbringing? I guess, yeah, eighties rock. <laughs> I think I think that comes from just because I love them. I love synths and I love guitars, and I try to find a way to sort of use them all because yeah. <laughs> just because I love it all. <laughs> Because I, but yeah, maybe that does come from uh, Tears for Fears, especially. Yeah. It's like perfect blend of guitar and amazing keyboard sounds, isn't it? Yeah, because I, for me, like I always, so I, I, I listened to an awful lot of indie rock growing up. Um, I still like that stuff, but um, so for me, it's like I'm in this kind of guitar mentality. If I'm on a guitar-based record, and then we'll add synths to sort of spice it up a little bit or if it's I do mm-hmm. quite a bit of uh, like gospel stuff as well and then I'm thinking okay it's all about the keys and then maybe we'll add some guitar uh to kind of spice mm-hmm. it up a bit but it seems like you're particularly I think with Bright City and um I guess Josh Gordon as well to a certain extent um it's got that really good combination that's cool yeah um so was like Faith a big part of music growing up or is it did that come later or? um so yeah grew up going to a baptist church and um yeah probably when i was a teenager got involved i started playing guitar and then started playing guitar in church and we we had an amazing um worship leader at our church called geraldine latty i don't know if you've heard of her yeah she's like gospel i know ad amazing um, oh yeah and yeah yeah ad so um it was great like playing guitar for her so we were on one hand we were playing delirious covers on the other hand i was having to learn some of these like gospel tracks as well so it was it was good learning for me and then and then um yeah i think just started playing for other churches in bristol because there's never any guitar players around so (laughs) i kind of started doing youth events and i remember like when I was 16 or 17, these guys asked me, oh, can you come up to Birmingham to do our, to play guitar at this youth event? I said, let me ask my mum and dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like all very rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess it all, I always had a hand in, like I was always in bands as well. Right. So I'd always play, probably play guitar every Sunday, but every Friday and Saturday be playing in venues in Bristol as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just I was playing music all the time and then if I was at home I was practicing or you know learning Dave Gilmore solos nice okay <laughs> Love bit um okay so that I've got so have you got like a, a list of embarrassing band names that you were in then have, have you got like a oh yeah <laughs> uh so the Dead Lemons that was one okay yeah um we had a metal band called the Artist Counterculture. That was quite good. Not too bad. Yeah. There was one, one called Plinth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've had it all. I think. <laughs> that's one of those. That I think a good band like anything where you have to repeat the name more than once. That's just not. <laughs> 
What? Pl- what? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> or if you can't say it with a lisp or something um <laughs> that's cool I, I i may have you beat i i had um i was in a like a christian well i started a christian emo band called february remaining which is just like wow it's like february remaining. <laughs> um <laughs> and then yeah i had another one called some sunscreen because there was this song called sunscreen that was around and we thought it'd be cool to call it sunscreen like <laughs> It, that would be good if it was a metal band as well, right? Yeah, but we weren't. We were. We were just. In the <laughs> we were an embarrassment. I thought we were really. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good fun. That's cool. So, um, so I guess so you're in Brighton now. That how how did you end up getting to Brighton? Um, so I, I moved here in 2009 to do um, BIM, which is the Brighton Institute of Modern Music, mm-hmm. and so I came to do a degree in guitar. And um, about two years into uni, um, well, so as I came to uni, uh, this new church in Brighton started called St. Peter's, which is a HGB plant down from London. And and, yeah, quickly, uh, Matt Redman started coming along to our church and then Martin Smith about six months later. So they, they were they joined our worship team and I was already playing guitar every week. So I ended up playing guitar with those guys and becoming friends with them. And then, yeah, yeah. By my second year in uni, I kind of was touring. And so by third year, I didn't really go to any of the classes because I was just like, Oh, that's what I wanted to be doing. Like, well, that's why I moved to Brighton to get into playing guitar professionally. And I, I was kind of already doing it. So it was, it was brilliant. And, by the time I finished uni, I was like, okay, I'll I'll get a job at Starbucks and then I can do music in, in the gaps. Mm-hmm. But I've still got the application form sitting around <laughs> waiting to go because I've just been busy ever since. No gaps. <laughs> it's just been absolutely amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. That's cool. So you um yeah, so you put you play in Martin's band and um so on the, on the late, I love his latest record. It's it's incredible. Um, been listening yeah, to it loads. Pretty cool, that. Yeah. Um, and um, so it was Gabe, wasn't it? I can't remember his surname. Uh, um, yeah, Gabriel Wilson. Yeah. Was there like one thing that stood out from from working with him that like it was it was one thing where you thought, oh, I never would have thought to do it that way, or I never that that, that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, working with Gabe was like an amazing experience. He's such a brilliant guy and like very eccentric character um <laughs> always like bouncing off the walls <laughs> really so like what what was great about him as well is he just made you feel like an absolute rock star okay. every five minutes he was telling you how brilliant you are and it just made you feel like so full of confidence that you ended up playing like 10 times better because <laughs> you believed him for a second <laughs> <laughs> um so that was really cool i remember him um at the start of the record, he gave us this little speech where he said, um, so this is Mar- this is Martin's album and Martin is the, he's the painting and us guys, we're the band. Hmm. So that means we're, we're the frame of the painting. And, you know, some, sometimes you can have some really ornate frames, like in the sort of Renaissance period, the frames were actually like, 
really intricate and um, really like beautiful, mm. but they never took attention away from the painting. It just adds to the painting. And so I, I really like that idea of like, oh, what we, what we do as a band or um, when we're playing, it can be really intricate and um, like interesting, but ultimately it's got to point to the artist, the song, mm. and you know, especially in when we're doing Christian music, it's got to point back to God. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I um, I always because I feel like there's there's different types of producers, isn't there? Because there's ones where you go to them for their sound, and then there's mm. others where um, you go to them to find your own sound i guess and it, and, and i always yeah. i always want to be more like that that second kind and uh mm. sort of draw out and it's it's almost like a prophetic thing i think like it's like you see what god's doing in the person and in their community and that's where these songs have come out and then it's like what mm. does that sound like as well what's the sonic thing about that because it, it wouldn't make sense to i don't know if they're this sort of sweet delicate person it might not be like to do a metal thing you know what i mean it's it's fine yeah yeah now isn't it that's really cool. So how do you, um, so if you're in, in a situation where like the artist has got a really strong view on something and you feel like as a producer, that's not going to work or something like how, how do those discussions work for you? Do you try it out? Do you, uh, or is it all like all, I, I guess you're the expert. So <laughs> how does that work? Yeah, I guess before I jump into any project really, it's like, really establishing a good relationship and it's, you're building trust and you're building um like you're becoming mates mm. so then it's like i never never think of it as like a me versus the artist or me <laughs> me versus them like my idea has always got to win what you're doing is like i always think of myself when i'm producing a record is like okay I, for this these couple of months whilst i'm working on this record i'm just a member of the band or i'm a member of the team mm. so it's never a, a dictatorship on my part it's always like just trying to help uh realize the vision or you know help just make it better so if if a, if someone i'm working with is feels really strongly about something i'm like well it's your record let's do it yeah like if that's what you want to do um but it but it all comes out of place of friendship and you know i'll always suggest things i'll be like um oh what if we did this or mm -hmm. usually my rule is if it will take less than 10 minutes i'll try any idea yeah yeah sure. because the, the last thing you want to do in a session when you start saying no to things it it just creates a, a bit of a weird vibe. Yeah, you got. <laughs> or, uh... I think you've got to create permission, haven't you? You've got to create permission for that. For, for it's like it's a delicate balance, isn't it? Because you you want everyone in the to be invested, and that means that they want to bring a bit of themselves into it. But then yes, also, yeah. th there are such things as bad ideas as well, and then it's like. <laughs> true, yeah. But usually, hopefully people are kind of they'll try something and like oh yeah that doesn't really work at all does it but, but i guess having tried it then it, it it's that's that respect, it respect isn't it really a respect level yeah 
I remember Martin telling me about when he was engineering for an Ishmael album. Apparently, Ishmael's thing was, he would say to his band at the beginning of the session, okay, everybody's allowed one idea, so don't use it up too early. (laughs) That might might be a really good idea in some situations. (laughs) Yeah, I think if you've got a real time pressure, that's probably the way to go. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they would literally do record an album in a day and like have it mixed the next day and off it went. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I I always feel like there's there's something really, I like the idea of that kind of thing, or maybe like over three days or something, but I I don't, I I couldn't, for me, I don't know what your process is. For me, it's like, um, if if someone wants to work with me, we'll have a chat and then I'll ask them to send me, even if it's a voice memo, just something so I know they've got a song and they can sing and it's okay um and then it's like i'll i'll bring them over and we'll do some pre-production um and then and then we'll get crack on with the album and and i i tend to the people i'm working with um like there's somewhere they're full-time uh like rivers and robots and and a couple of others and then there's others where they're just like they're taking two weeks off work and instead of going on holiday they're going to make an album this year um, yeah and when it's that situation, it's just like, right, okay, day one drums, day two drums, day three bass, and, and we kind of schedule it all out. So kind of have to, um, and, and I find I tend to find, for me, that that keeps the momentum going anyway, and everyone's excited about the songs, and it's not like three months later, and this song doesn't mean Definitely. anything anymore. Um, is that is that a similar process for you? Or, uh, yeah, I, I think um, I love sort of time management. <laughs> That's one of the things I, I I feel like it's one of the things I, I'm quite good at because you ha- kind of really have to be in this modern age. Like the bu- budgets aren't what they used to be 20 years ago. And so you really have to manage your time well to make the most out of it. And yeah, and I, like you say, it's I think you can spend too long on something where quite quite often your gut reaction is probably the best one. Yeah. So like you can overthink and over worry about it and sort of undo some of the good work that you've already done when you sort of yeah. spend too long or something. Um, I think, yeah, music's quite an emotional thing that you kind of just needs to be a bit of a stream of consciousness in a way. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I tend I, to work. I, I, pretty quick oh man zooms <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no i agree i i think for me it's like as long as you've got some kind of springboard so that it's not like one person thinks it's a reggae record and someone else thinks it's death metal like you know what i mean like there's mm-hmm. there's a bit of a, a sense of direction and then just yeah yes. things for the moment and and for me like i always want to start the day ask the holy spirit to come and inspire us and and um and, and i kind of expect uh, God to move in in the moment as well if if we're open to it. So uh, you mm, know, definitely God, isn't he? So you know, I want I want that freedom and spontaneity. Uh, God is in the happy accidents. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's something really cool. one thing um, when we came down and did guitars with you um, was just printing with effects because I like, I think it's so easy when. Uh, these days you can add stuff later and, and, and I'm sure you do and, and I do too but but I think there's something really cool about 
you know, getting the pedals, doing, you know, moving them around as you're recording, all that kind of stuff. Um, is that something you've always done or like, do you still do it? Maybe you've changed. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of, I've always joked that I love commitment because mm. I, I got been married for a while, got loads of kids, got loads <laughs> of tattoos. I love committing to things. <laughs> so when I'm making music it's the same like I love committing to ideas and almost like forcing yourself to do things so like sometimes when I'm working on on a record I'll force sort of certain limitations on myself and say okay I'm only allowed to use this palette of instruments I'm only allowed to use these plugins because it kind of just forces you into something creative and so i think committing to things sometimes it actually brings like more freedom because mm. it's like just the and you so there's a bit more pressure in a good way yeah, yeah. So it kind of brings out a, a really good result um so yeah i i, I tend to do that I a think lot yeah you get to know your tools a lot better as well because like, i've never for me, like I've always had this thing of um, like I work, I want to work as well as I can with what I've got, and it's kind of like the parable of the talents, like you know, investing and stewarding what what I'm given. And then whenever I finish a project, I sort of think, what's the one thing that would have made that a bit better? And so I like mm. that one plugin or that one pedal or learn how to do that one thing. And then it's it's manageable, but you're kind of building up this bank of things that you can do confidently rather than having like this mystery box that you don't, you know what I mean, or this. Or yeah. like endless possibilities with um that that you're trying to like compensate for lack of ideas um yeah that's it i think you if you there's so many decisions that you have to make in a day mm. or uh so many options that you could choose from as much as where where i can limit those as much as i can it, i feel like it, it yeah it breeds more creativity is that, do you think that's why you go for analog synths? I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing you might use some plug-in synths as well, but um, but like obviously that, that's a, an ultimate commitment, isn't it? With yeah, you do know out, you can't. Yeah, um, a mixture of. I, f I feel like these days the sound between analog and digital is so minimal that that I'm really not worried to use anything do you know what i mean like uh, if it's good i'll use it yeah, yeah so uh there's lots of times i'll i'll reach for the sound of a plug-in first because a it's just quicker and easier and i think it sounds great um yeah. but then there is something about when your hands are on the faders or the the switches or the knobs mm -hmm. it, it's like it just makes you play differently or it makes you come up with different ideas so yeah um i think that's probably why i reach for the analog synth more more just the kind of tactile yeah or when when you're kind of coming up with parts it's it really it like the synth talks back to you in a way okay yeah <laughs> that's really cool i um i'm pretty much in soft software so i've got um it's a digital synth, but the um, SH201 is, is kind of like my 
it's tactile, oh, yeah. but it's yeah. Uh, you know, it's I, I think it sounds great. Jean Michel Jarre likes it, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but not that I'm making music like him particularly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I, I've I've really got into um, guitar pedals as well. Recently, that's that's been my thing. Like just every Christmas and birthday or opportunity I have, I'm like getting a new pedal, and I've got this I've got this thing where I I need to get the get pedals that no one else has or, or not many like i haven't got any jhs yet and i haven't got any strymon yet um <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't know I'm, I'm to be honest i've got a lot of earthquaker devices that's my main kind of thing but i don't is there yeah, um they're brilliant have you uh bought anything recently pedals or pedals my yeah i love uh you know wandering the depths of ebay and okay. trying to see what i can find the latest thing I got, I'll, I'll get. Is it JHS or Spryman? It's... it's not. <laughs> it's, uh... Those pedals are great, by the way. I just feel like everyone, everyone's got them. I got it because it's pink. Okay. Oh, wow. This is a, it's a super hard-on clone. Okay. So it's just like a always-on kind of preamp. Oh, right. And it, but what's good about it is it got, it's got like a really high impedance on the input, so... It just kind of gives this kind of sparkle to any guitar that you plug in. So it's like a jangle box. It's really cool. And it's pink. Had you and heard it was about like thirty five quid or something off eBay. Had you heard about it or is it just like a random give it a go? Uh, so it's the original is uh, by Zvex and it's just a, a clone oh. of that. So I've got I've got this one that my my friend made. Um it's uh it's supposed to be uh the companion foot, you know, the Shiné. Oh yeah, yeah. The knobs have dropped off it, and it's just got F for fuzz and V for volume, and this is like a. I guess it changes the EQ or something, but. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's quite good on bass actually, but. Um, nice. It's noisy as as anything. Though. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's not a polite one. Um, how do you? Uh, so you were talking about time management. Like, how do you balance like family and and work life? If you. Have you got like a, a philosophy? Because I know Martin talked, uh, I mentioned this to Tim uh, Gosden when I was talking to him the other week. Um, he did this talk at David's Tent and he talked about how Delirious uh, went on tour for, I think it was two weeks and then always came home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of taken that on a little bit um, in that I'll do a project and, and I'll go hard. I'll do like 60 hour weeks or something when I'm recording. Uh, and then I'll have time off afterwards to kind of make up for that. Um, yeah. Other people like Tim does nine to five. I, I just wondered how you deal with that. Yeah, I mean, I've had to learn and change it over the years. And as I've had more children, it all <laughs> I got three kids now, which is oh, crazy. So, the, the we only had Beck, our youngest, he's only six or seven weeks old. So, oh, nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's huge as you have kids and a family and mm-hmm. you know to especially working at home as well to try and uh, manage all that is <laughs> is tricky but i feel like we've hit a sweet spot now so yeah i, I try to do um a nine a nine to five or nine to six right. um and then i'll try and eat lunch with the with the kids as well and it's like the meal times where everybody needs a bit of extra care and attention. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think meal times are 
I know for me growing up that those were when the like big conversations happen, like the you know, really yeah. checking in on how how everyone's doing. Um yeah. Definitely, yeah. So, so yeah, I I try I feel like I haven't got any good ideas after about seven PM anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've had to learn to be a morning person. Uh, whereas yeah, maybe ten years ago it would have been I would have stayed up most of the night and Yeah. But I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I, used, I used to do nine to nine, but I used to find, well, there's two things. Like, firstly, no musicians turn up before 10 o'clock anyway. Um, yeah. And there's traffic and stuff. And then, um, like, um, I, I, I would find, like, at some point someone's going to want to eat. And so I'd find myself cooking for the band every day, and uh, which was nice. Mm. It was a nice social thing, but it's not very effective with your, your recording, is it? So I'm, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm doing. For recording weeks, I'm doing ten to eight, Monday to Saturday, just you know get get it all done and then have a break. Yeah. Um, and then mix in. I, I chill it right out and do do like a more sensible week. Um, yeah. It seems to work for us. Um, and then it's just like grabbing time when I can as well. So like this morning, I, I, I tied up a few loose ends last night. So this morning, uh, we just hung out and yeah. I think it's something. I mean, we've only got the one kid as well, so uh, that that might change if we if we have more in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he he ruffled up, he's, he's he ruffled up my hair, and he's got soil all over my trousers, so I was a bit. I <laughs> can't see my trousers. So. <laughs> That's cool. The the biggest thing for me is like just learning to stop when I said I was going to stop. Mm. So if I say I'm going to be down at six, I've, I have to make sure I like have to set, I set alarms. I keep an eye on the clock there. Whereas, yeah, a few years ago, you just, you know, you're so in the zone. Right? Yeah. You just, yeah. all, people could be calling me. People could be like literally shouting from downstairs and I just could be completely oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool you've got that that separate space as well up, upstairs because um i think there's something about that i don't know if you've ever been in this situation but for me in our last house i was i was in the spare room but then um like i'd have like a uh, cables going downstairs to record the piano or like a guitar amp in another room and <laughs> and um it's great to just to have a separate space now it's like um like you know our work and then i close the door and and that's that's it now i don't you know what i mean i don't yeah i think that separation is really important um yeah definitely yeah just keeps it clear doesn't it yeah yeah that's cool so um what are you working on at the moment or what's coming out soon that you want people to know about um good question um in fact, before i ask uh, you that i in fact, oh, i've already asked you but um i wanted to ask actually it's a bit of a random one but on um waters by uh junior gar um mm really love the i want to call them background vocals but they're actually quite essential to the song you know the the whoa 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 is oh yeah um i just want like what's i don't know they just they seem to sit really well there i don't like i, I was wondering like how many voices are in there like what was the process with that um yeah so that's that was a like a a gospel choir right of like five five singers yeah that we just tracked up bunch of times um and then i think i tracked up junior as well and made a gospel choir out of him yeah right oh, okay. <laughs> and, so, and then um 
I remember we were listening to a lot of 30 Seconds to Mars at the time. Oh, wow, okay. That's... So, and all of their vocals are just extremely distorted. Mm. So I'm pretty sure it's just Decapitator on, on the gospel choir. Right. So, like, kind of really exploding them. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, yeah, to try and get, and I remember I was listening to a lot of Greatest Showman as well, to like how everything just sounds like it's just, exploding out the speakers that level just went down a little bit there but uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine but if you can draw inspiration from such things then then good <laughs> well you can't deny it's pretty popular so no, they yeah. must be doing something right i guess so i've not actually seen the film but i do love the song <laughs> <laughs> all the excuses and yes and greg wells produced it all as well so okay he's yeah. he's a bit of a hero of mine so Oh, to ju- okay. just to justify myself no it's, it's cool it's cool I, <laughs> I, yeah no, that's really cool i um i found i used to uh do this thing where you'd have like a big bunch of people and track them up a couple of times but actually yeah if you have like eight or, or less or whatever uh, you know four if four to eight somewhere on there um and then just track them up it's so much tighter isn't it because you don't have that yeah. thing of 30 people trying to sing the same thing at the same time and get yeah, less you hear yeah as they all sing the rock the yeah the words at different times yeah but uh yeah. yeah but it's not yeah it sounds sometimes like having less just sounds huger doesn't it like having less parts having i don't know why that yeah is. i guess there's just more space for each thing and yeah so we've actually the last couple of days we've been filming and recording an acoustic version of that ep yeah. Um, so that's what I've been working on this morning is uh, you know, comping all the different takes. And yeah. so that, that that was really cool. But a bit more of a stripped back acoustic vibe, but still with the three BVs. And is that is that going to be like a, like a YouTube thing or? Um... I think it would be yeah, YouTube and Spotify, like an acoustic EP and videos for everything. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's been fun. Yeah, so is that will that be the next thing that that people hear from you? Or? Um, I think that'll come out in a couple of months. I, I I'm never very good at keeping track of <laughs> when things come out. Um, I I try very hard, but it's so busy yeah. working on, you know, like on a normal week, I'll probably do, you know, be producing for one person, mixing for two others. I work started working for church two days a week, doing all the online stream stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Zoom worship. Yeah, <laughs> Zoom worship. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hmm. it's hard to keep track of, but um, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, I think that was everything. I don't know. Feels feels like a natural end to me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, that's great.